Isaiah chapter number 1 tonight, the book of Isaiah chapter number 1. We're going to start here. I'm going to give you a bunch of Scripture tonight. And uh, I hope you never tire of me saying this, but the things that I have to say really aren't that important. It's all important to what God has to say. So the more, the more of His Word that we have in the message, the better it is for you and for me. You know, when I go to eat at the all-you-can-eat buffet, and I, I don't, I, well, I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time it was that we did that, because that's just uh, uh, terrible on my stomach. But uh, you think about those all-you-can-eat buffets, boy. It seems every time you walk up there, they got all kinds of bread and all kinds of potatoes and all kinds of macaroni and cheese, and they're always out of the expensive stuff. They want you to fill up. Oh boy, they make sure that your drink glass is full all the time too. Drink, aren't you thirsty? Put extra salt in the food, make you drink more. Why? Because they want, they don't want you to get your money's worth. Oh, I remember when I was in college, uh, this isn't a dad joke, but I'm a dad now and it's, a, it's funny. So, um, when I was in college, uh, how many of you ever eaten at a Shoney's? Okay, maybe a couple of you. A couple of you haven't been out of the state of Ohio. That's all right. Won't hold that against you. But Shoney's is kind of like, uh, uh, let me say it this way, um, an upscale golden corral. I say it that way. So a lot of times they didn't have like an all-you-can-eat buffet. They'd have an all-you-can-eat soup and salad, and then you'd you know buy some. But every now and again they'd have something entree-wise, that would be all you could eat. So this is, oh my goodness, so what year are we in? 2023, so 35 years ago. And uh, we're at, me and a, a friend of mine, we're in college. We go to the Shoney's because they're having all-you-can-eat shrimp. All-you-can-eat shrimp. Now, I'm a Gulf Coast boy, and I love shrimp. My wife's a Gulf Coast girl, and she hates shrimp. More for me. Hallelujah. And so uh, we're, me and this friend of mine, we're at this Shoney's, and we went in, we sat down. The lady's like, would you like the soup and salad? I said, only need one thing, shrimp. Shrimp. That's it. It says all-you-can-eat shrimp. There's no conditions. You just keep bringing us shrimp until we're done. And between the two of us, they finally cut us off. And then we weren't allowed to go back in there because the, between the two of us, we ate about 400 shrimp. And uh, <laughs> Boy, I couldn't do that today. Just talking about it makes my stomach hurt. But I ought to be young again. And, uh, <laughs> huh? No. It made me want more. But uh, today, now today it would be a different story, but uh, uh, but uh, I want you to get your money's worth tonight. So we'll give you a lot of the Word of God for you uh, to have this evening. But I'd be remiss if I didn't say that there are so many in our world today that would claim that this world has crossed a line that it can never recover from. You hear a lot of people saying, oh, it's too late now, and there's no hope here, and there's no hope there, and and uh, it's just gone too far for anything uh, to be done. Now, I'm not here tonight to try and convince you that this godless world is not bad. We, we know that it is. But I want to encourage you tonight that it's not over, and it's not too late. 
God's not dead. God's not done. So let's not be dumb. I like that statement. I wrote that for me. If you got something out of it, fine. But God's not dead and God's not done. And I don't need to go around living like a dummy because I forget that truth. So look with me. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 4. Isaiah chapter 1 verse number 4. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Now we read that verse and we're like, oh my, that's terrible. We'll talk about that more in a minute, but I want you to go to verse 16. Verse 16. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together. Now would you agree with me that the invitation comes after the indictment? He, God levies the indictment. He said, ah, it's a sinful nation. It's laden with iniquity. And then he turns around and he says, here's the invitation. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel... You shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Can I just stop for a minute? We're done reading there and we'll pray in just a moment. But that phrase where it says, you shall be devoured with the sword. Is it any wonder we see the war and the conflict in our world today? Why? Because we're people laden with iniquity that we saw in verse number 4. And there's some things that we ought do. But I want to preach this message tonight. If you'll look back at verse 17, it's the first four words of verse 17 that we're going to draw from. But here's my title. It's not too late to learn. It's not too late to learn. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for the privilege, the opportunity that we have to gather here tonight. Thank You for who You are. Thank You for Your precious Word Thank You uh, for Your Son that died on the cruel cross of Calvary and shed His precious blood to pay our sin debt. And Lord, we certainly don't deserve the least of Your mercies, but You're such a good God. And we thank You for Your love, and I pray You'd help us to love You more and to live for You more and shine the light for You better in this lost and dying world. Help us tonight, encourage us, challenge our hearts, strengthen us, and give us wisdom and discernment, we pray. And I pray that you'll bless in our prayer request time to come, the many that are unable to be here tonight, the many requests that will be mentioned. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you have done and what you will do. Bless our time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's not too late to learn. You've heard the saying, you can't teach a... I just didn't want to say O-L-D. I didn't want to get in trouble tonight. But you can't teach an old dog... New tricks. No, sure you can. It might be a little bit more difficult, 
Why? Because you got years of stubbornness that have built up. Well, it's, you know, it's the same with you and me. And I want you to know tonight, no matter where you are, no matter what situation you're in, it's never too late to learn. And we'll see that uh, from our text here tonight. In verse 4, we see the awful reality. And I'm just going to warn you ahead of time. There's about four different outlines in the message tonight. And I'll give you the main one, but you'll start to pick up. There, there's a whole lot in here. And, and uh, I'm going to try to squeeze out of it quick. <laughs> and so that we won't, well, I was going to say, so we won't be here till Jesus comes. But if he comes at 721, that would be a-okay with me. And there's certainly nothing holding him back except the almighty grace of God and the long-suffering of God. Uh, but uh, I, I don't want to keep us here until somebody falls out a window uh, tonight. So in verse 4, we see the awful reality. And I know that Isaiah is prophesying here against Israel, and you know it as well. But could we not say that what we read in verse 4 describes present-day America as well? Yeah. Yeah. A sinful nation a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Certainly we could say that about our day that we live in today. And every day brings a new and fresh, awful reality. But thank God, in the midst of the awful reality, we see God's affectionate request and we see His atoning remedy. And that was found in verses 16 through 20. And we notice that the first thing that we see in verse 16 is the washing followed by the cleansing. You say, well, why does it start there? Why do we need to be washed? Well, verse 4 said that we're a people laden with iniquity. See, the fundamental problem in our world today, it's not drugs, it's not alcohol, it's not immorality, it's nothing more than sin. That's the fundamental problem in our world today. It's always a sin problem. You say, oh, well, he has a problem with this or he has a problem with that. No, no, it's a heart condition. A heart that's bent toward sin. Romans 3.23, just as a reminder, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Mm. Well, if we've all sinned in the book of James in chapter 1... Verse 15, the Bible says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Hmm. What do you think the fundamental problem in our world today? Sin. That's why Jesus came and walked on this earth and went to the cruel cross and died. He died for sin. Not His, ours. Romans 3.10, There's none righteous. No, not one. Isaiah 64 and verse 6, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Verse 4 of Isaiah chapter 1 again, A people laden with iniquity. Our world has a sin problem that we cannot cure and we cannot clean up on our own. 
We cannot wash ourselves clean spiritually. Enough of this holy, pious hogwash that says that you can work out your own salvation, that you can work for your own salvation, that you can earn your own salvation, that you merit your own salvation. None of us can. It's only Jesus. Oh, there's so many people that get frustrated when you make the statement that none of us deserve salvation. And that's an absolute truth. We don't deserve it. But thank God for His love and thank God for His mercy and thank God for His grace. And He gives us what we don't know. I'm thankful He gives us what we don't deserve. I'm thankful He doesn't give us what we do deserve. Our world has a sin problem. You know it. I know it. Wait a minute. Let's not just keep it out there because guess what? We still battle the flesh. We still battle the sin nature. So we still struggle with these same things. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes cease to do evil. I'm thankful to tell you tonight Here's the bad news. We cannot wash ourselves clean spiritually. That, that's the bad news. Enough of that. Let's get on to the good news. We can come to God for washing. Thank God for that. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm sure thankful for the precious flow that makes me white as snow, but it doesn't stop with the washing. It continues from the washing to the walking. There's the truth of putting away evil. Paul would write about this. He, he called it in, in the New Testament epistles, he often refers to this as crucifying the flesh. You, you don't go and nail yourself to a cross and you don't go and take your physical life. But what he's saying is, hey, I need to walk now because I've been washed. I need to walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh Uh-oh. Lust of the flesh, when it conceives, it brings sin. And sin, when it's finished, brings death. We, by fleshly nature, don't know how to do this on our own. Isn't it amazing how God gives us the opportunity to prove that to ourselves over and over and over and over again? So that you and me, just like Paul, can look to the Lord and say, Oh, wretched man or woman that I am. Why? Because we can't do it on our own. But yet we keep trying. Why? Heart problem. Sin problem. We don't know how to do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. And you know as well as I do, we need help. We need to be taught. And the prophet tells us this in verse 17 when he says, Learn to do well. Well then, how do we learn? Let me give you a few things here. Still not even to the outline. We may never get to it, but it's an outline within an outline. So here we go. How do we learn? First, from the Holy Spirit and His Word. John chapter 16 and verse 13, Howbeit when He, the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit of God, when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. 
So how do we learn? We learn from the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. And it's God's plan to use Spirit-filled believers to teach others. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Just think with me for a moment about the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip. It's in Acts chapter 8, and you can read about it there. But there was a God-sent person, Acts chapter 8 and verse 29. Then the Spirit, that's capital S again, so here's, here's the Spirit of God. The Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. So there was a God-sent person, but there was a God-seeking soul, verses 30 and 31 of Acts chapter 8. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Esaias. What is that? Isaiah, right where we are tonight. And said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? So there was a God-sent person. There was a God-seeking soul. Now I want you to see there was God-specific teaching. If there's anything that we lack in our day, it's this right here. God-specific teaching. Oh, we have people uh, that are sent by God, and we have people that are seeking God, but we have to have God-specific teaching. Acts chapter 8 and verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same Scripture and preached unto him Jesus. So tonight I want us to see some things that are not too, it's not too late to learn. And these things are not too hard to live because of Christ that worketh within us. It's not too late to learn. It's not too late to be hopeful. It's not too late to be helped. It's not too late. Hear this. It's not too late to be happy. And I know this song keeps coming up. Brother Cusick mentioned it on Sunday. But it's a thrilling and timely truth. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. It's not too late to learn. Here we go tonight. Number one, here's some things. These will help you. These will help me as we live in this world that seems to wander farther and farther and farther away from God. God help us not to get sucked up in the draft and in the drift and be pulled off from our straightforward walk with God according to His Word. We'll see that in just a moment. Number one is this. Learn to pray for God's will. Learn to pray for God's will. As someone I was talking to here, uh, oh, it's it's been quite a while back, and the person I was trying to help them uh, to understand in in their in their prayer, you know, just just it, it's none of you tonight, so just relax. But how often when we go to the Lord in prayer, we go selfish. Now, look, I, I'm guilty of it too. We we ask for the things that we want. And I'm not here to say that there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but first and foremost, our prayer ought to be, God, however you see best to work through this, you work through this. That that ought be our prayer. And we ought to accept the answer uh, that we get from the Lord. And so we need to learn to pray for God's will. So I told this person, I said, well, listen, 
when you're praying, don't, don't you see how this, this is what you, can't you see it? This is what you want and this is how you've worked it out in your head and you're asking God to just connect the dots that you've drawn for it. That, that's what you're doing. I said, but could it be that there's another solution to this that you have never even thought of? You know, because in, in Isaiah, the same book that we're in, God says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know, and so, so I said, could it be that God wants to work in this a way that you've never even thought about? And that person stopped for a minute and said, well, yeah, I guess that's a possibility. And a few weeks went by. And I got the opportunity to ask this person again. I said, so, I said, uh, you know, I've been praying for you and how's that, how's that coming? I said, preacher, I want you to know I changed my prayer. I said, really? I said, yeah, I started to pray that. And the more I prayed that, the more selfish it started to sound to me. So I said, God, however you see fit best to work through this, then do it, you know, then, then just work that way and help me to, you know, to accept it and understand it and, and live through it. Praise the Lord. We have to learn to pray for God's will. Luke chapter 11. I won't ask you to turn to all these places tonight. Luke chapter 11, verse number one and verse number two. And it came to pass that as he, this is Jesus, that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. Not to preach, not to do miracles, uh, not to show compassion. Look, look what the first and foremost thing that they asked for, Lord, there's something to that that we don't have. Teach us to pray. As John also taught his disciples, and he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Wait, as in heaven, so in earth. You understand God's perfect will is accomplished in heaven every moment without exception and so as jesus is teaching them to pray he says look if it's going to be god's will then you're just going to have to accept that he's in full control luke 22 and verse 42 saying father now this is jesus again he's taught his disciples to pray for god's will and now in luke chapter 22 And verse 42, now Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane, just hours away from the cross. And he's praying, and you know the story, and he prays so fervently that it says his sweat became as great drops of blood. Now, I have never prayed that fervently. Now, I couldn't say that I know of anybody who has outside of the lovely Lord Jesus. But here he is in the garden saying, Father... If thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Notice the qualifier. He didn't say, Father, remove this cup from me, but if not. No, no. He said, Father, if thou be willing, if there's any other way here, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We do ourselves a great disservice. Now hear me tonight. It's great to pray, and I'm thankful for the privilege that we have to boldly approach the throne of grace. 
where we can find uh, mercy, we can find help, we can find grace to help in time of need. I am thankful that God gives us now that opportunity to come to Him in prayer, but God help us to come to Him in the right attitude with the right mm, asking, that we come asking for His will. You say, well, how do I, if I don't know what God's will is, can I break? No, no. Look, look at the pattern that Jesus gave. He said, if thou be willing, and then he said, this is the way I see it. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. We need to learn to place God's will before our wants. And I don't know about you, but I've been praying Oh boy, for the last couple of months, just praying just hours a day, praying that I could win that billion-dollar Powerball. <laughs> Got to buy a ticket first? Oh, man, I guess I'm not going to win. Uh, <laughs> no, we've got to pray. We've got to place His will above our wants. And it says that God will supply our need. Need. There's a difference between need and want, and I'm constantly trying to blur that line. You know, I need an F-15 fighter jet in my driveway. I need that. You say, what for? I don't know. I just need it. Who cares? I can do something about it if I have that in my driveway, can I? (laughs) God's will before our wants. Remember, never forget, God sees farther than we can ever see. God knows more than we'll ever know. Remember, He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's best. And when we learn to trust Him, we'll start to, guess what? Pray for His will instead of our want. But, To do that, we have to understand we cannot rightly pray for the will of God if we don't know the Word of God. You ever think about that? And like I said, I heard heard Brother Fugate preach about that a few weeks ago. He's like, you know, we're like, Lord, give us wisdom. Well, how much of His Word are you? He's given us what He wants us to have, what He wants us to know. And He will uh, lead us into the truth. But if we don't know the Word of God, how are we going to pray for the will of God? That brings us to number two, learn to prioritize God's Word. So we need to learn to pray for God's will. Now we need to learn to prioritize God's Word. Psalm 25 and verse 5. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Now, that word wait there is an active word and it, it means I'm just going to continue to serve the Lord and He's going to give me direction. But just use the word as we would use the word. None of us like to wait. Nope. You sit there and the microwave's starting to count down. You're like, cannot it go any faster? No. It's going one second at a time. What are you in such a hurry for? You know, it's not going to be done anyway. You're going to have to put it on for a few more seconds. And, and But look at what the psalmist says. Lead me in thy truth, and I'll wait all day. And he says, I'll wait all the time. 
I will be in that constant state of looking to you, waiting to be led. Now, so we don't want to wait, so we devise our own plans a lot and get outside of the Word of God and the will of God all because of impatience. Psalm 86, verse 11, Teach me thy way, O Lord, I will walk in thy truth. How are you going to walk in the truth of the Word of God if you don't know the Word of God? You're not. Matthew 22 and verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. Let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer it out loud. But how often do we mess up our own lives because we don't have a strong enough grasp on the things of God? Ouch. And when we learn to stop being led to wander after our feelings and simply walk in faith of the Word of God, guess what? That means you're going to have to get the Word in you. And I have to get it in me if I'm going to walk according to the Word of God. So how do we do that? Through prayer, through the Word. Number three, learn to pursue godly counsel. Learn to pursue godly counsel. Here's the source. Where where are you going to find the best counsel? From the Word of God led by the Holy Spirit of God. It's His Word. He can teach it to you the best. However, God also puts people in our path to help us in this. Learn to pursue godly counsel. 1 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 23. 1 Samuel 12 verse 23. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Wow, what a statement. Samuel now, the prophet, and he's the servant of the Lord, and he says that, you know what? If I stop praying for you, that's I'm going to be in this matter of sin against the Lord. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Is it any wonder that Paul wrote to the Thessalonian people and said, pray without ceasing? What did we say first? Learn to pray for God's will. He says, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. How's Samuel going to teach it if he doesn't know it? Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and He will teach us of His ways, and we will walk in His paths. Learn to pursue godly counsel. The best verse I can give you for that is Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And then in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 21, There are many devices in a man's heart, nevertheless the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. You know, there's a whole lot of things that are going to vaporize to nothing in this world, but not God's Word. His Word is eternal. 
too often we, when we think about this matter of pursuing godly counsel, I've dealt with it, you've dealt with it, we've been on both sides of it, all of us in here tonight, and you, you'll know it when I say it. You find that too often people look for others who tell them what they want to hear. And while they are running to someone to tell them what they want to hear, they refuse the help that they need to hear. Like I said, we've been, just just us here tonight, we've been on both sides of that, you know as well as I do. Well, I'm going to go talk to so-and-so about this. This is what I want to do. And you know that it's not the will of God. You know it goes against the Word of God. You know you have nothing to stand on, but if I can just get somebody to say, yeah, go ahead and do that. That's all I'm looking for. You know it as well as I do. Look, it doesn't matter how many counselors you have. If their counsel is not founded upon and grounded within the truth of the Word of God, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you. doesn't matter how many you have. Now, you can think about that now. There's numerous uh, instances of this in the Word of God. Well, you can think about Elijah on Mount Carmel. And they had all them prophets of Baal. And here's Elijah standing with God. And all these people over here saying they're giving to the people, this is what we need to do. And Elijah's over here and he says, if God be God, serve Him. And if Baal be God, serve Him. And what does it say? And the people answered him not a word. But he kept standing. And then God showed up in a mighty way. And guess what? Then the people, the Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. They said it twice. Think about uh, uh, Micaiah. Weird name there, but you think about him. And when the one king came to the other king and said, Hey, don't you got some uh, prophets around here that can tell us what to do? And all those prophets, you know, they were just telling the king what the king wanted to hear. They're, oh, yeah, the Lord will bless you. Go ahead on up and do that. And the one king knew that, mm, now, now, he saw right through it. And he said, don't you got anybody else? He said, yeah, this other guy over here, but I hate him. Because he always tells me what God says. That's the world we live in. Nobody wants the truth. They'd rather have the convenient lie. Let's not be that way. Learn to pursue godly counsel. Number four, learn to protect against sin. Learn to protect against sin. It's not too late to learn. Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word, well, we got to learn to prioritize that. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Wow! That's a pretty potent statement. And these people that go around, well, no, I don't sin. What, what does he say? Well, you haven't prioritized the word of God, and the word of God doesn't dwell within you because that's totally against what God's word says. Proverbs 28, 13. Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So let's back up a verse in 1 John chapter 1. Everybody knows verse 9. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Not us, he. 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Question for us tonight. Why in the world would we hang on to sin when we have the privilege, when we have the opportunity, when we have the blessing to be able to forsake it and confess it? We just sang the song, O victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him. And all my love is due Him. We have that victory. Why do we not live more in it? It's not too late to stop fooling around with sin. Just be honest about it and deal with it. Well, wait. you got to deal with it God's way. you got to deal with it God's way. Well, see, if you're praying according, if you're praying for God's will and if you're prioritizing God's word and if you're pursuing godly counsel, guess what? You're going to have the information that you need to protect against sin. Number five, learn to possess contentment. Can't start with that one. That one's got to come later on in the list. Learn to possess Contentment. The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. This used to be, you know, everybody has a light verse. This was mine as a teenager before the Lord uh, just gave me another one that uh, I still like this one. I, I like them all. But Philippians 4, 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. Not it was given to me as a gift. No, no, no. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. And Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment. Well, doesn't look like anybody's starving in here tonight, and you all got clothes on. Praise God for that. And having food and raiment, let us there, uh, be therewith content. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You know as well as I do, too many are never happy and too many are never satisfied. Too many never willing to learn that God is sufficient, and as a result, those many live miserably. And they live with this mindset. You've heard this, hopefully, and... and, Look, I know we've probably all said it from time to time. Well, if I just had fill in the blank, then I'd be comfortable. Then I'd be content. And what do you find out? You get those things, still not content. What happens? You come right back to that same polluted well again. Well, if I only had, then I'd be content. Can I tell you tonight, when you go down that path, there's nothing that will ever be enough. Nothing. Because only God is sufficient to provide contentment. Only God. You say, I don't understand. It seems that God is taking all these things out of my life. Yes, He's helping you to learn 
therewith to be content. He's helping you to learn that, you know, He's enough and He's all you need. And when you got God, you've got enough. Oh, I'm thankful for that. Now, look, I understand the, the troubles and the sorrows and the miseries that come along with all the things that we lose along the way, but God is still able and God is still good. And last I checked, God's still God and He always will be. When we learn who we truly are and when we learn who God truly is, then we'll learn what it means to truly be content and secure in Him alone, regardless of our circumstances. Well, that's a hard lesson to learn. That's why we got to pray for God's will. And, and that's why we got to make God's Word a priority. And, and that's why we need to pursue godly counsel. And that's why we need to protect against sin. Because, my goodness, you think of Eve all the way back. See, nothing's changed. Eve started to look at that fruit and listen to the lies. And the next thing you know, she's willing to walk away from God, walk away from it all to get this that she thinks is going to satisfy her. It didn't. And yet we do the same thing. We do the same thing. God help us. Number six, and this one has 40 parts to it. Number six. Actually, it has three, but uh, learn to proceed faithfully. Now, here's the neat thing. If you don't learn to be content, you'll find yourself never faithful. And I'll find myself struggling with faithfulness as well. We know this. Learn to proceed faithfully. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19 God says, if ye be willing and obedient. So I encourage you tonight, be willing to be faithful to the Lord in prayer, in His Word, in pursuing counsel, in protecting from sin, in possessing contentment. And I want to give you three sub-areas here of faithfulness to consider. Just I'm going to give these to you and a verse, and it will be done. First is this. Proceed faithfully in humble walk. Proceed faithfully in humble walk. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. The book of Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. That's Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. So we learn to proceed faithfully with a humble walk. Second, we learn to proceed faithfully with a thankful heart. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, In everything give thanks, even when you're stuck in the Atlanta airport. Right, Miss Sue? Tell Miss Sue, I saw that when she was traveling back, she got stuck overnight in the Atlanta airport and she had posted on Facebook and I said I was going to come out there and say in everything give thanks and do all things without murmuring and disputing and I was going to just, you know, just, just lay it on until I realized, hmm, you know what, I can't say that because, you know, he that without sin cast the first stone and I didn't want that to backfire on me, so... In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know, we're not going to be thankful if we're not content. We're not going to be thankful if we're not trusting God. 
I'm going to be thankful if we're unwilling to walk humbly. Third, in teachable spirit. Proceed faithfully with a teachable spirit. Psalm 143 and verse 10. Psalm 143, 10. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Now, none of those things tonight are new for any of us. Things, these are things we already know. The problem is we don't always do. And I want to encourage you tonight. It's not too late to learn and it's not too late to start. Now, whether that's a new start, a next start, a fresh start, or a renewed start, the challenge is get started again. Watching this video the other day of this guy that bought this car sight unseen that had been out in a field for 20 years. And he goes out there and his goal is to get this car running. And he does. And I'm like, wow, what an accomplishment that it was just a handful of, uh, you know, cheap tools and, and the knowledge that he had. And he was able to get that car running. You know, it wasn't doing any good not running. It needed to be started. It's the same with you and with me. And I don't know, maybe tonight it's been that you've just been sitting around for a while and just, mm, you need to start again. It's not too late. Remember, God's been so good to you. He's been so good to me. What a thrill as we think about it that God would make a way of salvation where there was no way. What a joy that God would be willing to help us and teach us and guide us as we walk through this life. The Bible says learn to do well. And I encourage you tonight, whatever the case, it's not too late. God help us to be hungry for Him, thirsty for Him each and every day. Hope that helps you tonight. Let's pray.